This is college football. It's absolute best. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. Josh McGrath for the win. He got it. If you don't like college football, and you watch this one, I'm not sure what your problem is. Rid it, did to do, and welcome into More Important Issues. It is Thursday, January 18th. We are on the, I would say, the back end of this snowstorm and weather that we, we talked about the other night in here. Uh, if, you, if you did jump in the YouTube post game. But uh, I, we talked about it. I don't know. Is it supposed to rain again? Or are we are we still? Landon's been outside just shoveling everything in sight. <clears throat> yeah, that um, my back is killing me. Um, I, I shouldn't have waited until today. I should have done it like when it first came down because now it's just ice. Um, yeah, burnt four hundred calories shoveling the driveway. Okay. What'd you eat for dinner? Do you you splurge a little bit? I just ate a whole frozen pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Tony's? You got that Tony's in you? No, I think it was a Red Baron. Okay. Uh, small pepperonis? Little square pepperonis? No, is this is a... No. You like cheese. I think this, it is Red Baron. It was thin crust pepperoni. Just round pizza. Okay. I thought we got Red Baron and got surprised by... They had like the quarter cut pepperonis and the small... Cafeteria style pepperoni. I think we got they have a lot of options. I, I just went with the the regular thin crust and got a the other day I got a uh, meat lovers. Okay. Very so. good. Very red baron has it's hard to beat. Red Baron's probably the most improved frozen pizza over the last 10 years. Yeah. And I will say this about frozen pizza. Never had a bad one. Mm, I've had some bad ones. I don't think I've ever had bad pizza in general. No, I, I ate it. <laughs> I yeah, <know>. exactly. <laughs> it's you're like, huh, you know, that wasn't the best. Sometimes when I eat Little Caesars, I'm like, yeah, like there's better pizza out there for sure. But but it did the job. Yeah, it, like it's it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like beating Florida. It never. There's never a bad. It's never bad to beat Florida, no matter how it happened, this way or that. It's always yeah. nice. Um, yeah, Florida even got a uh, not as many people there, and and still just decided to not show up at all. So, what said? Oh, I and I don't know if this is true. Maybe some other people can comment in a in about a which half full roughly is is what I've heard. I don't. I'm gonna pull up the actual attendance, see what it reported as. Which they, I think Tennessee reports tickets sold, don't they? It said 17,000. Yeah, so they report tickets sold, not tickets scanned. Um, they said the whole lower bowl was pretty much full. I, I was told roughly about half of, Tom, of Thompson Bowling Arena was there, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit more. And I heard a pretty good showing of Florida fans for a, a, 
uh, week that you know okay. getting into Knoxville is probably hard. So yeah, uh, they made the trip. Con- congrats for traveling for that. I, I hope you ha- <laughs> hope you didn't have too much fun. Um, <laughs> I-, I do. Can I admit something? Sure. In a funny way, I, I kind of feel bad for Florida for having to get into Knoxville. They probably left a little early, you know, to try to beat some of the weather in. Um, they they had to probably sit on, you know, they probably had to circle around before land before getting cleared to land because of the the weather on the the uh, uh, runway. They had to probably really take their time, maybe take an alternate route to their hotel. There's probably some um, idiot out there sitting on the bus. Like I was today. <laughs> They they had a rough go of it, and then they show up to Thompson Bowling Green and get their brains beat in, and it's one of those where you go, oh, poor guys. You don't actually feel bad because I guess I guess I shouldn't say I feel bad for them. Kind of like I don't need. Kind of like we'll talk about in a minute. Part of me feels bad for Alabama, but the Tennessee fan in me is relishing what is happening right now. I don't know if it's just my old age, but I just don't feel bad for teams at all. I've, I, I've been I through so when much I say, as a fan that I – nothing that you say, I'm just like, oh, man, like that's unreal. I can't believe yeah. that happened because I've been through it. When I say I feel bad, I mean I recognize that what they're going through sucks. Yeah. Okay. But I love it. Yeah. Also, I don't think Alabama's in as bad of a situation as their fans are pretending they are. Yeah. They're just not going to win a national championship. Right. In probably the next three, (laughs) at least three, minimum three years. Yeah. Whenever they fire this guy. The, yeah, honestly. But I mean, look at Josh. Josh Heupel saw a mass exodus too. And Tennessee was in a way worse situation. The Bama's coming off of a playoff run. Yeah. To pretend that it's in, to pretend that Kalen DeBoer is in just a terrible, just down situation. He's in a situation that every single coach in college football is going to be from here on out. This is the new normal. Yeah, either get with it or get out. I think their fans are overreacting, and I knew they would, and that is going to be the downfall of Alabama, and that I love. Well, I just love that. Now they now it's their time. They're coming out with, like, is it the yeah Alabama or that's their NIL collective. Some mm, yeah, Bama mm. or something, whatever oh, that is. Sure, I don't know. Um, and you have their AD on the Paul Feinbaum show basically having a commercial about it. It's like, yeah, you didn't have to use NIL as a recruiting pitch because you're winning national championships left and right. Now you're you're behind because now you have to use it and you got all these, you know, people in a trailer park that can't afford it. So <laughs> dang. I, I like that. I, I, I like that they are learning, and they're. I think they're still in denial about it, but that Nick Saban was the draw over the last 15 years, not Alabama. And, and I'm not saying Alabama. Alabama is one of the biggest brands in college football because of Nick Saban. It, it was already a big brand before Nick Saban. It was a, a re- very recognizable brand. Um, but I think, like, Tennessee learned you can only go so far on brand recognition. Tennessee over the last 15 years – has suffered and suffered and only been able to stay bobbing because we haven't even kept our head above water some years, but bobbing where some years you're able to keep your head above water because of brand. And if you look at teams like Texas, a premier brand in college football has until the last two years, really this year, what have they had? Mm -hmm. And they've survived. They've survived on brand. They haven't won on brand. 
And Alabama's, in their mind, their brand was bigger than all other brands. It wasn't, Nick Saban was a, a cog in the machine. He wasn't the machine. He's the machine. Yeah. He was the machine. And, I mean, it's the same for Georgia. Look at Georgia before Kirby Smart got there. A, a brand that, because of where they're at, naturally located. They stood on brand. <laughs> Is that a Elod Drinkwitz joke? Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but because of where they're located, they they have the recruiting base. Um, they have the brand that is the University of Georgia, but they weren't able to win anything significant until Kirby Smart came along. And I know when he leaves in ten years or however long, or I don't know, they're gonna they're gonna think the same thing. It's gonna we're gonna see the same story repeat itself. But it's 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 it, we 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 talk about with recruiting and and, and whatnot and and why recruiting so important. It's not about the Jimmys and it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and Joes. It, the same kind of applies to your coaching staff and, and the in the school they're at. Like the school is important. The X's and O's are important. But at the end of the day, it's about the guys running the show. It's about the guys running the place. It, it is like it, it's that simple. Yeah. And you have to have that fit. Whereas like Kirby fit in because he went to Georgia. Um, like you have to, it, it has to like all work out. You can't be just this yeah. fantastic coach and, and if, if, if it doesn't, you know, wrong time, wrong place. That's a Nate Oates joke. But, I mean, that happens in, in college athletics with college coaches. I mean, Jimbo Fisher was really good at Florida State, and everybody thought he was going to lead Texas A&M to the promised land and fell straight on his yeah. face. I think that's a good example, too, of where, yes, you're right. We've talked about that a lot, how uh, – same with players, too. Especially we see that with the transfer portal where and – so, and I'm not saying this is this, – this, this isn't for everybody. Some coaches just aren't good. Some coach and some players just aren't good. But you see in a lot of areas, it's about fit. And so it is about quote unquote brand. It is about that school. And then it's also about, can that coach be successful at that school? And, yeah. and it's a lot of fit. And we, we've discussed that before, how an OC or DC or a head coach or a quarterback or whatever, that just wasn't the fit for them. It's not that it's not even always that the school or the, the, coaching staff or the system necessarily misuse them or miss you know, misrepresent them. It just wasn't the fit for whatever reason. And you see it all the time. You see it in the NFL where guys are wildly successful one place. They get a big contract. They, they go get paid good for them, but it doesn't work out for whatever reason. It, it's fit is just as important as who the player, the coach is. Yeah. that That's so like, that's what's so head scratching about Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. It just doesn't seem like it fits. Um, it, it doesn't. And I think, but one thing I will say that I, another, and maybe because he went to the national championship, I'm thinking of this wrong. But for me, he felt like probably the quietest big hire. And maybe that's why it doesn't seem like a good fit. There's all these names that, that got thrown yeah. out that, were big names in college football or, or had been at Alabama and and they saw them as the coach in waiting kind of probably like how we view Kim English, even though he's at a much, well, not, a, not now, but he's still at a smaller school than what would be Tennessee. Whereas like Steve Sarkeesian, Kirby Smart are at very different paths than that, but kind of how we view that. And we joke, we don't know if that's real. We don't necessarily think that's real, but they view these people that are at big time jobs as coaches in waiting. Whereas Kalen DeBoer wasn't that. Yeah, and, and I understand he's only lost 12 games in his head coaching career, but how long is he? He's young. He, he's been like a head coach for like four years. But I think he has won, what, 104 games? 
Yeah, so he was at Fresno State, and then he was at he was at some smaller school, but Fresno State and um, Washington. But he wasn't at those schools for very long. So, I mean, in a way, maybe it works out kind of like a Josh Heibel just seemed to to fit and work out at, at Tennessee. But I mean, with the the max the mass exodus that you've seen so far with Caleb Downs, Caden Proctor, Isaiah Bond, mm-hmm. I mean, that's those are huge losses. And so I just don't know if your players aren't seeing a fit. Is that is that telling? Because those are cornerstones of your program. I mean, those Caden Proctor and Caleb Downs, freshman All American. If, I mean, if they the were transfer be in portal your program for two more years at least, I think it should raise some. I think well, it should we just be, skipped uh, over basketball, but that's fine. We'll go back. To yeah, that. we we got into it. Um, I, I think for me, looking viewing outside in and and um, maybe trying to take an approach as I would if I was an Alabama fan, it, it would be one of those things where it's you 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 put it on notice that it's happening, but wait until something. I guess really like waiting to see how the season prog- see how the season starts progresses before you red flag it because it, the transfer portal is nothing like it. Like I said, this is just going to be how it is for every single new coach in college football at every program. There's going they get they get free transfers. They're going to they're going to go through the process again. They had other coaches. They may have never even met or talked or been recruited by Kalen DeBoer or whoever the new coach is, whereas they had relationships with other coaches in the SEC prior to Nick Saban leaving or wherever, whatever school they're at. And so I think with the new wave of, of college football, this is just going to be the normal that whether those players leave or not, and it looks like they are. And I think that, again, should be put on notice and, and raise some eyebrows, but they're all, they're all going to explore. Yeah, see how much you're worth. I mean, yeah, especially yeah, I mean NIL, which you've got of all people, Walter Nolan um throwing out the check your contracts, read read your contracts, people. And I just say of all people, just because that seems like someone who uh he, he would have known where his money's coming from. He would have known when that money hit the account because he he's chased a bag everywhere he went and hey, know your worth. But you know, that's it's just funny coming from him. And then I think, you know. I think we uh, I think we need to start asking, you know, if, if Cutter's really uh, supporting Texas A&M, why are their checks bouncing? What's going on? Like, I mean, that they're part of what, what happened with the FIFA World Cup. Did all those checks cash? I think we have questions to ask. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the whole thing with NIL. Like, who is really out there to make sure that these things are – these promises are being made? Did, did Florida ever get in trouble for the situation with um, – I'm blanking on his name, Arizona State. He ended up going to Arizona State, or I think he did. Quarterback. Uh, Jay with Rashada. The, yeah, with the promised money that apparently didn't come through. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it could, it could realistically be anybody just being like, hey, I got this NIL deal at Florida. You should call them. Right. And, and I mean, like, Florida yeah, State, we can do that. And then like, who is there yeah. to like make sure that that goes through? Well, I think Florida State's going through that right now, too. And and I think a few years ago, I, I don't know if Miami actually promised players specific stuff and didn't follow through. But Miami was at least guilty of 
publicly saying, hey, this is what we're doing, and they didn't do that. Or people representing Miami said, this is what our NIL is going to do, and it didn't do that. And that's another thing, too, is you're seeing a lot of public NIL talk that has zero factual – and I'm not saying it's not true, but there's no way to prove it's true. Yeah. The For example, Nico has an $8 million price tag attached to him. No one we, – we've talked to some people involved in NIL at UT. No one will confirm it. No one will deny it, but no one will confirm it. That's interesting, I think. And then if you go look on On3's NIL valuations – they're, everyone's talked about how they're, they don't make sense. So NIL is very, it's very just, it's, it's almost abstract. top secret, abstract. It, it's it's yeah. so strange right now that no one can get a real handle on it. No one knows the deal's being done. Um, Bryce Young, Nick Saban got on stage at SC Media Day, said Bryce Young's making seven figures this year from NIL. He posted about Cash App a few times. On his Instagram, where is that seven? Where is his seven figures coming from? Yeah, who's who's paying that deal? And and probably, I mean, probably the freaking playoff at at this point. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Everyone's upset with nil. That was uh, tweeted about a lot today with with Bama being so upset about it. Now it's it's raised everyone's frustrations with it. And and I agree. You have Tennessee posting about. Uh, $200 million in revenue. That is revenue, by the way. Um, if we need a lesson on, on revenue, profit, and expenses. Um, but regardless, you see Tennessee making a lot of money. That is, um, at the end of the day... Yeah, Danny Wyatt, you're welcome. <laughs> because of fans. Um, yeah. Whether it's from TV deals or not, that is because people are watching, people are attending, people are buying apparel. $200 million revenue, and then you're asked to give more money to NIL where no one knows what is being what is being paid out, who's getting what, how much is going where. NIL is just a weird place. And it's a to me, my question's still around, kind of from the beginning. It's you have these collectives going, just trust us. We'll we'll get people on campus, give us five dollars, twenty-five dollars a month. It's just weird. It's a weird space it's a weird time to be a college football fan it's fun time to be a college football fan but it's yeah because uh, th- there's always content going around there's always right. a news story there's always something a to rumor yeah something always is going on with it. i mean you could literally do probably every single day you could do a 30 for 30 <laughs> on college football alone. just every pick a twitter day. pick a twitter account yeah. <laughs> go on it every yeah day. it's i mean for instance you have alabama fans who, who love the portal um, and now they're in full meltdown because of the portal. And uh, they love that Nick Saban could go raid the portal. And, and now it's, uh, yeah. we've got to get a hold on the portal. We've got to fix it's this. A and a little hypocritical. And just, just how out of touch, I, I don't know how to touch you to be. I don't know if they really followed what happened in the portal and why it came about. It's essentially the same way it came about with um, NIL. It's, it's about players' uh, rights as athletes and um, as amateurs because they're amateurs, right? and their rights as amateurs. So if you think there's going to be anything fixed about the portal, buddy, have I got a story for you? It will not. In fact, it'll get, quote-unquote, in your world and probably everybody else's world worse. Because I agree with you that there's got to be a way to – but I don't think they can until they get out of the amateurism of it. But there's got to be a way to restrict movement to a certain time period or amounts of time. Um, But I don't know how they could do that 
with keeping the amateur tag on these athletes. Yeah. I think before you do that, you have to have some sort of revenue share, some sort of making them quote unquote employees because the structure they have now, I think their hands are tied on in the transfer portal. I think they're just the NCAA has got to eat it. And that's on the NCAA. That's not right. on the players. That's kind of what I'm thinking is EA sports is able to kind of get this figured out and just kind of give them a lump sum of money. Um, I forget what that number is, but to be in the game and you can opt out to be in it or not. And mm-hmm. if you are in it, you get this amount of money. I mean, I don't know why it wasn't like, I understand NIL is, is bigger than, you know, Bryce Young shouldn't get the same pay as a walk on at Tennessee. I get that. But I feel like that's where it should have started. And we just kind of let it go. And it, it's, it's turned into this big, green monster that no one knows how to capture yeah which again it is to an extent it is fun um yeah but yeah it's and if you're a good program you benefit from it if you're a bad program you're not going to benefit from it if you have a coach coach not stability is huge in this mm -hmm. nil transfer portal and i think that's a good thing that benefits tennessee right now is like you're not having a lot of position coaches go elsewhere you're not replacing coordinators every year it's been yeah. the same staff since Josh Heibel's got here. And that, that's, again, that, that's benefited Tennessee pretty tremendously just having that stability. When you, met, you mentioned stability and coordinators and, and uh, support staff not leaving and whatnot, I, I wonder if you're going to see more attempts to go from a head coach who leaves for whatever reason to a coordinator. More attempts at the high, higher levels. You see it all the time, but at the highest level and uh, – and I wonder if you see coordinators getting paid more to stick around to be the in-waiting guy to try to keep some stability. I, I don't – that just popped into my head when you mentioned the word stability. You see it fairly often, but I wonder if um, if that happens. And Tyler Huff mentioned something good. We did lose goalish, though, I, absolutely. And I think that's a guy who wanted to be a head coach. I don't know if an amount of money could have kept him around, but um, that is probably something Tennessee – wanted to do was keep him for a lot of reasons, stability being one and transfers being, being one. But um, I, I think it's, it's, it's tough. So. And, um, and that was kind of crucial for Tennessee this past season, it seemed like. Yeah. And I, I think that too. Um, I think we, we found out that while I've always thought, and I could be a hundred percent wrong, but Josh, I think Josh has always been quote unquote in charge of play calling. Um, but I think you're learning that goalish, was probably the the go-to guy, especially past script, beyond script. And one thing we're we're having to the growing pains Tennessee's having to deal with is Joey Halsey. This is his first year ever calling plays. Whether no matter how involved he was, no matter if he was the final say guy outside of script, he would you know he he's the guy he's the eye in the sky. He's he's the point man there, regardless of what his actual final say is. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be growing pains. I'm interested to see how it goes in year two. I know bowl games can be iffy, and I'm trying not to judge on bowl games, but Tennessee looked a lot more like 2022 Tennessee in the bowl game. With And, and was that Nico? Was it Halsley having more time to prepare for an opponent after a, 12 games of seeing it? I, was it Josh Heupel taking the reins more? I don't know. But I'm interested to see. Um, we've got a lot here. Do you just want to answer these as – yeah, I just want to hit on something real quick, though, that, that's something that's just mind-boggling to me and I don't understand it, is like 
you can transfer as many times as you want. And, and I agree, like that shouldn't be the case. But again, I think the NCAA because they failed to try. That just to address, seems laziness on their part of not yeah. wanting to handle all these waivers. And well, and I don't, I don't think it's the players. I think you're getting into, yes, handling the waivers, but also, how do you restrict someone who doesn't sign a contract, quote unquote, from moving schools? How do you how do you cap someone's ability to play? And the only way they the only way they're tied to playing is no value to them. Like they they get no value from sitting on the bench because they can't get paid by the school. NIL, I think these lawsuits came up because of waivers, yes. But there's also no consi- laziness, probably on the waiver part, but also no consistency in the the waiver part. Sure, yeah. And so I think these lawsuits have come up, and they finally had to take a step back because they failed to address it early mm-hmm. on when they found out that, all right, like we're gonna get the pantsuit off of this, we're gonna end up in front of the Supreme Court again. But at this time, over the transfer rules, not uh, name, image, likeness, and they just said, all right, we have no power. And I think it boils down to the NCAA, the schools who make up the NCAA, not wanting to profit share. And I don't blame them because that's going to take a lot of structuring, but they should have been attempting to structure this the moment NIL was knocking on the door. Yeah. And instead they said, no, we know we know this isn't going to pass. We're good. And they were wrong. I just don't, I just don't see how you can't. Okay. You can transfer. Let's take out the, the multi, the, you can transfer whatever you want. You had a free transfer. One, you can transfer if your coach leaves. Leaves that's another one, and you can transfer as a grad transfer. Like those all kind of make sense to me. And then we just added on another thing. Hey, you can transfer whenever you want. It doesn't matter. I just think that that doesn't make any sense. Like we're just, I mean, if we're trying to like teach kids how, and this sounds really old of me, but teach kids how to like be successful in the real world, you know. So the, now they're having to t- take into a account taxes and you know having amounts of money and stuff like that how to handle that but i mean we're basically saying like hey your job history you can jump jobs and it's it's fine but i mean i think that is the argument though is that you and i are free to go to as many jobs we want in a month six month year four year span will it hurt us down the line it could it may not it may it may but I also think that you're seeing that the really talented guys that transfer four times, they, they find landing spots. The guys that don't really play that try to transfer four times, they end up somewhere they don't necessarily want to be. Well, the the one that sticks out to me is the Gerald Mincy thing. He goes from Florida to Tennessee. Okay. East rivals, you know, that's, that's something. And then they open up where you can transfer whenever you want. And he jumps to Kentucky. He was playing on coming back. He jumps to Kentucky, another yeah. East rival. Um, so, I mean, next year, is he going to go to South Carolina? I, I don't know. No, don't get Shane Beamer any ideas. But, I mean, I think that's – Gerald Mincy is a good example of a, a pretty talented guy. I'm sure when he left Tennessee, he probably thought his worth was more than Kentucky. He probably wanted to be at a team that competed for a national championship, I'm sure, in his mind. And his – where his talent actually is is a team – and not that Kentucky is just abysmal, mm-hmm. but it's out of Kentucky, not a – Georgia, not a. Oh, Alabama. he was he was on Twitter today. He put oh no, the, and he put and, the date on there. Yeah, we all know when the date is, buddy. 
and, and it gets into this about players and just yeah, you don't social, media, social media overall is just real negative anyway. So if you want to be positive, don't I, I I'm not saying fans are right for dogging you when you leave. Just don't tweet at him, in my opinion. But um you can't post that and then you can't post anything really and not expect Tennessee fans to do that. And I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong, but you also posting the date, you're getting in the mud with them at that point and you got to expect it. So, and, and then if you get the same thing that, you know, Henry Toto had that whole, you know, business trip oh God. video at Alabama and then they lose, I mean, it's thrown right back in your face. And, you know, we're telling people don't tweet at players and I don't think you should do that. But at the same time, you tweet I, that you, you're, you're making your bed, you lay in it. Yeah, I, I don't think you should, but I'm also not gonna pro. I'm not gonna protest it ever because it, number one, it's a losing battle. Number two, he's tweeting about it at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's dumb all the way around. And, and yeah, I, I I don't disagree with with what I don't I don't disagree that there should be some kind of some kind of transfer rule where there's not now. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I also think, and, and I, I just want to get to these because I think some of these, my answers fly in some of these. Uh, real quick on John Clevenger. I don't understand how they can't delay the 30-day transfer rule after a coach leaves until this um, the same standard portal trade time frames. It's not fair to a school to lose guys and not be able to replenish. I think the answer to that is um, the tra- I think the transfer portal should just prob- at this point, if you're going to make that the case, the Transfer portal, you can have the same close dates. And if guys want to stay in it, they can wait for situations like this to open up where coach leaves. And now Alabama has the chance to go after those guys that are still in the portal after the close date, because I, I don't disagree with that. I And then, so, all right, let's put in Gerald Mincy since he was in the portal. Gerald Mincy enter, enters the portal. He doesn't find any, any landing spot he's happy with when it closes. Instead of, Instead of picking the best of the, you know, his un, his favorite options, he says, "I'm going to wait, see how the rest of it shakes out until the next portal season starts." Okay, then Nick Saban leaves. Now you have Alabama players leaving. Any any school in the country is free to contact the Alabama players. Now Alabama staffs able to contact guys like Gerald Minzy, who decided to wait in the portal and stay if they want to. I think that would be, in my opinion, the answer to that. Because yeah, that it, would it, also add in Alabama and Washington and Arizona to the mix and probably some others, uh, probably South Alabama, um, whose head coach left to be the DC. It, it would open up you, because of the chain reaction. It's not like you just have one school that has free reign to these guys. It ha- you have several because of the chain reaction of coaches leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, I guess that's kind of on the side of like, we're waiting too long. We need to hurry this transfer portal window up. But on the other side, like there's an issue with tampering where a guy gets in the portal the, the next day. I mean, the next day he's on campus somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, Which, Caleb, Caleb Downs, you, we already know where he's going. Kirby Smart was <laughs> hugging him up at the SEC championship. We already know he's going to Georgia. Don't and, even and I, don't even put out a graphic, Hayes Fossey. We don't need it. We I think know. tampering, I think tampering occurs, but it is talking to Billy Amick, like it is pretty crazy how the moment your info hits the portal. There's guys on staff whose entire job is to monitor that portal, mm-hmm. and the moment his hit it, there's t- there. It's almost like there's autom- automated messages going out to him. So <laughs> yes, it, yeah, exactly. It is 
yes, I, I'm not naive. I know tampering is occurring, but I also think part of the early, how fast things happen is just how on the ball some of these staffs are. Yeah. Because Tony Vitello would never tamper, right? Well, I mean, it, it was like Chase <laughs> Dolander just kind of happened to pass by Frank Anderson. <laughs> right. It, he would, his, him and his staff are the cleanest I know. Right. So, I'm, it, I mean, it happens. Look. And I don't really think there's a way to, I mean, Mike Norvell just signs five. Alabama transfers. They they have tampering rules in, in the NFL, NBA, and it, it still happens. It's going to happen. It's I, I don't know how you stop it in this day and age. It happens in high school football. Yeah. I, I will say this about Mike Norvell. I do think he loves coaching the, like more kids every single year. I mean, he is just like transfer <laughs> portal, the they're gone. Transfer portal, they're gone. Like he just wants to coach – the most amount of kids possible, mm-hmm. that's Mike Norvell. He, like, okay. four-year guys, he ain't about that. He don't need that. One year, one year, one year. He's, all, then, about re- he's all about relationships, not just quality, but also quantity. Yes, quantity. Um, he also just wants to have, like, on, on the chance that they make it to the NFL, he gets that graphic where it's, like, all the players <laughs> Mike Norvell coached, and it's just an abundance of players that he coached them for one year. Yeah, we didn't we have a tweet like that about Jeremy Pruitt, unfortunately. Yeah, we did. All the mm-hmm. Alabama players that he every coached, Alabama player. He technically yeah. did, but he, he was on staff at some point when they were there. And yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Um John John Clevenger also said, I don't see what would prevent a salary cap. I he goes on to say some other stuff. Um sorry, John. <laughs> everyone can read. I don't need to read that out loud. Um I don't disagree that I think a salary cap has to come. I don't know how you do that in the NIL, though. Back into schools deciding that there should be a pay scale. It also goes into my whole restructure the NCAA. I hate the structure of the NCAA. I think it makes some of these answers impossible. Power five, group group of six. That's where you start. FCS is already separate. They can do their own thing. Group of five can do their own thing. Power five can do their own thing. It, restructuring needs to happen. ECU shouldn't be competing for the same championship that Alabama is. That simple. Yeah. And I'm not like that's a that's another absurd thing is we pretend that all these fans have to be in it for championships and Coastal Carolina is competing for the same trophy that Georgia is. Stupid. And then those guys, you know, then Coastal Carolina suffers because like you have really good players. And then they're they just a farm hand, league. Yeah, yeah, they're just handpicked. Just like Alabama before Nick Saban left was handpicking the best players off lower programs. And yep. that is also a shot at Tennessee. They picked Henry Toto up. Um, Tennessee just was not competing for a championship. So they got to handpick whoever they wanted. Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech. What was he going to win at Georgia Tech? Nothing. I mean, I guess technically he didn't win anything at Alabama either. <laughs> but um, – but I think at least Georgia Tech has a reason in terms of resources to be competing for the same championship. Yes, they aren't right now the state of their program. They're not going to compete. Yeah. But in terms of resources, they have the ability to. Right. I'm just going back to like Alabama right. fans are upset about. The <laughs> oh, and, and that's hilariously yeah. dumb. Yeah. We had a question about Burton that. Catch- also like hit a female. Yeah. And transferred from- that's a Eric asked. Catch me up on some of the losses of players at BAM. I've been under a rock for a couple of days. Um, 
Well, I hope you've been warm under that rock and dry from the snow. <laughs> yeah. um, Alabama is just losing everyone the, there. Right. Everyone, Alabama is just losing everyone in the portal because of uh, a coach leaving, and they're all up in arms because they are experiencing everything in college football that that everyone has experienced the last three three years, and uh, it's good. It's good to see a little um, karma retribution, if you will, coming back their way. So, yeah, again, um, going back to stability, that's why they haven't ran into this yet. Right. Is because Nick Saban. Nick Saban you know, held the machine. Yeah, held it all together. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they've lost Isaiah Bond, um, who was a big wide receiver for them. They lost Caleb Downs, um, first-team All-SEC, freshman All-American, Caden Proctor, their left tackle, um, former five-star. It looks like he might go back to Iowa, which he was originally committed to Iowa. But it's also crazy you have guys just going to Florida State for some reason. I don't know. Well, to they be can fair, go, we, they can go undefeated we, and still not be in the college football playoffs. Well, we were so told if they if they had more talent across the board, not just a quarterback, they would have been in it. So I guess they're going to go okay, prove that's that that's either true or not true. One of the yeah, other they're ones. like you put Alabama in, we we're the same team. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got to be in next year. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be. Um, um, kids are getting a scholarship. The school also invests significant money in training, fitness. There is value in what the school offers to at least require a minimum of two years for a scholarship. Yeah, I think that's another thing, too, just hitting on the last point there, John. You're also not – at the end of the year, you're not guaranteed a scholarship. Landon will know this. Other people who have played college athletics or were recruited and, and discussed college athletics that I think is a learning point for the public because it's not talked about um, and a learning point for young people who are going to school and being recruited currently. When you get offered a scholarship, that is not – four-year scholarship you get a one-year scholarship now typically you keep it for however many years you want to be on campus but you're only guaranteed quote-unquote one year yeah um yeah they can take that away they can also for no reason yeah they they do have ways they can take it away in the middle of it if you don't follow rules but at the end of year one if they're just like hey we want this guy or hey you're not cut out for it they don't have to they don't have to bring you back and offer you that scholarship. No. Yeah, it's it's a job, and I don't know. It's it's madness, and, and I, I love think that we've spent. I think so that's a good answer. To the transfer portal. Do you make? Is there a way for the NCAA to say, "Hey, we're now going to make you sign two year scholarships"? The schools have to agree to it. That, that's what I think. I with the, I think if you sign with the school. You should have to sign for at least two years. You can't transfer for two years. And, and I think there's exceptions to that that are already in place. Um, right. Any typical stuff, transferring home for loved ones that are ill, coaches leaving, things that are already in place. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate that if that is what it takes to end some of the. I mean, your transfer madness process probably starts when these kids are eighth grade freshmen in high school. I mean, for I Lane think- Kiffin, when you're 12 and you have a YouTube video, exactly. So, I mean, you have this long, drawn-out process to pick a school. You pick a school, sign there, you're there for a couple months, and then you're like, nope, that's not for me. I'm packing up and going somewhere else. I, I think they should have to stick it out at least two years. Um, and, and I don't I don't hate that at all. I think that's entirely fair, and I think that's a good way for the NCAA to address it. Again, going into the amateurism, I don't know how you do exactly, but it seems to me if the school uh, – just to pull back up John's – when they when you sign that they invest that that money in training they invest in your your housing your food 
your school, which does have a value dollar value to it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's the same as cash money and IL stuff, but it does have a value. I think that's something that should be looked at, should be considered. Books, dude, let me tell you. Don't bomb new, kids. Bomb used. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting way to see uh, if you try that approach, see what you could do with that. Well, the wild thing about all this is, is like, I think there's a, a loyalty thing and just a competitiveness thing for me is like, I don't care how much Alabama's offering me. If I'm worth if I'm worth the amount that Alabama's offering me anyway, other teams are offering a similar amount. There's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to Alabama. I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm not going to Alabama. There's no way. Yeah, well, and I, but you have, I'm not. You have an Alabama defensive back enter the transfer portal, and where did he go? Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, and I, I think that's. I think that is the important thing. I mean, apparently Chris Davis was a huge Alabama fan. I think that's yeah. an important thing to remember that these kids that go to school, they're not necessarily fans. They don't understand how to be like what is required of a Tennessee fan, an Alabama fan, an Auburn fan. It's uh, just Georgia different. Fan. It I is and different from like the players that played back in 98. It's a, like those players hate every other team that they play. But I think if you also ask a lot of players, especially the ones that stuck around that have been here for three, four even guys like Hendon Hooker who come from the SEC or ACC, excuse me. I bet if you ask him, he probably has some hate. Probably not for every team, but I bet he, I bet he has some hate for for a team like Alabama. I don't know if it's Alabama specifically, but but that I I, I think they're I think it has changed a lot because like you said, if you go to I bet you pulled ninety percent of that ninety eight team, probably more than ninety percent, or if you pulled that ninety eight team, ninety percent plus are going to say, yeah, I hate Alabama with every fiber of my being. I hate Florida. Um, but I mean, let's not forget our, our, the guys in the locker room. Now we'll see where they go. But after the 2022 game, they all sang, don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. They sang with passion. So I, I think there is some of that hate there. It's definitely not the same as fans, but I think to be, so to the Gerald Mincy who transfers to Kentucky, understand you can do what you want to your life. Go where you think you're worth, blah, blah, whatever, go where you think you should, you're going to play. And if he wasn't going to start blah, here blah, anyway, blah. that's another thing. Probably that as well, but I, I still need you to remember because you are in Kentucky blue, I hate you. Yeah, and I hope you the worst. Exactly. And that's just part of being a fan. It's part of sports. If I saw you at the mall, I'm not some of these fans. I'm not gonna dog cuss you and you make a big deal about it. But if I see you coming through the tunnel, I'm gonna let you know. Yeah. Because I'm a fan. And I'm not gonna wish ill on your mother. No. Because that's not sports. But I hope you lose but, badly, and I hope. But like that guy at Nebraska, <laughs> the guy at Nebraska, what was his name? That ended up yelling at, yelling at him in front of his family. I didn't say anything bad. I just asked him how it felt holding Derek Barnett's jockstrap for the entire game. <laughs> that's just that's within sports. Yeah. Did it feel bad yelling that at him in front of his mother, who watched him get abused for sixty minutes? Sure. But I kept it within the confines of the game. I kept it between the lines. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just I mean, Tyler Barron leaves Tennessee, was a starter here, leaves Tennessee, goes to Ole Miss. They've got to be regretting committed. that. Both of them have to be regretting that decision. And now he's at Louisville. It's like what? I mean, I understand Louisville has Jeff Brom, <laughs> decent coach. Um, you know, but it's Louisville. <laughs> Like they lose to Kentucky like every year, even when they're good. 
Hey, they played in the ACC championship game landing. Come on. Yeah, uh, it's like playing. I don't know. That's like making it to the playoffs in high school is the ACC championship to me. I think we're going to have to do a whole episode on the state of college football soon. That's what I said. Every day could be a 30 for 30. I think I think we're going to have to do an entire just after dark something state of college football. Okay. I mean, because we've just done it for 45 minutes. And I think yeah, well, we, I could go, I could go on. Right. Yeah. We, we do need to probably move on. Uh, we're going to, we're going to get to, yeah, we're going to get to the Florida game. Um, Dalton connects game, if you will. Real quick though, I do want to tell you guys about some of our great friends. It's great. A grounds coffee, great. A grounds. They're a local coffee roasting company in Kingsport, Tennessee. They're owned by two educators, Billy and Kurt. They're both teachers in the Johnson city area. Uh, they love coffee. They love community. They love students. It's great coffee, guys. It's, I mean, it's been my wake me up this week. I've needed it. I'm sick. This weather's been killer. I've had to battle uh, snow uphill both ways going to work. Um, so I've, I've really needed the the wake me up from Great A Grounds coffee. It's excellent stuff. Make sure you guys go go check that out. But there's another bonus when you buy Great A Grounds coffee. They give back to local students, local communities. Uh, every bag you buy every purchase you make five percent of those sales are going to a nonprofit organization that supports students all over the tri-cities area called coalition for kids that money goes directly towards keeping a classroom at coalition for kids stocked with necessary supplies needed for students grade a grounds supports community uh, more important issues here we support community so uh, very easily aligned with their goals um we're really excited to partner with them Hopefully here soon, bring some of Great A Grounds, not just the coffee, but also the community to uh, the lower part of East Tennessee here in Knoxville and maybe beyond. Um, another goal of Great A Grounds is to allow students the opportunity to display their artistic talents. All of the labels on coffee bags are created by students. Another favorite part of mine, not just the coffee, you get to pick out what label you want. Uh, so it's fun to kind of click through, decide what what you want on your coffee counter. I've picked out two of mine that are that are coming here soon. Um, they list the name and the school to give them recognition, and uh, it's a great opportunity to partner with schools and art teachers directly to have those creative labels. It's great at grounds coffee, great coffee, great people. Uh, excited to partner with them. Make sure you guys go check them out. They're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you get on their website. Go ahead and uh, purchase some coffee. Right now is the time to think about it. You got to think about what coffee you're having in the morning, what cream you're going to put in it, all that good stuff. Get it prepared. So go ahead and go buy it right now. Well, I'll wait. I'll do wait. it. Do it. All yeah, right. Too cold not to have coffee, even oh, just the warmth of your hands. I did. I did do. Uh, I did do a iced coffee this morning just because it just seemed right for whatever. Makes no sense. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't understand it. I just, iced coffee sounded good. So uh, I took You're some. You're half asleep. Don't, you don't make great decisions. No, I uh, I took the um, I took some old brew, if you will. It was uh, from yes yesterday, and uh, which is really good. And you just pour it over ice, a little creamer, and uh, it's like your it's it's classic. Okay. But I can't remember who told me to do that, but it's been very good. I'm glad I've started saving my coffee from previous mornings. If I don't finish the whole pot, it's a great move. All right, Florida. Florida. We talked about it a little bit uh, on G10 Brake Lights. Make sure you guys tune in. Maybe coming to Twitter soon, right now on YouTube. So uh, if you're not subscribed, subscribe right now. We'll wait for that too. Go subscribe to YouTube. Turn on notifications. But almost every game, 
every game slash almost every game we go live and discuss the uh discuss what what has happened at whatever arena it took place at this week yeah. it was thompson bowling arena uh about a half full one i see the glasses half full especially after a game like that and uh i know don connect had every tennessee fan at least me wishing i had made the the trek in the weather i didn't get any tickets offered to me personally but there were many floating about i don't know if i could have made it there safely and back but i think it a, a, a car in, in the ditch would have been worth Dalton Connect's 39 points. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. We can get that pulled out. No problem. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I've got triple. Th- there's always a guy with a truck somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Dalton Connect, I mean, he's just unreal. 103 points in the last three games. He just seems like he's on a different level than everybody else in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is going to be a big matchup on Saturday. I don't want to get too much into it, but two of the top scorers in the SEC face off in Mark Sears and uh, Dog Connect. I mean, I, th- I think we can get into whatever you want to get into, but because uh, I mean, and that's another thing. Make sure you follow along Florida because we don't want to just repeat ourselves every mm-hmm. every time we're on here. Um, so make sure you're following along after games. Um, I'll start posting those to the podcast as well. I need, I need to do that. Okay. We yeah, we, uh, we'll we'll make sure those get on on the podcast stream so you can you can listen to them the next day on the way to work or something. Um. But I mean, this is a bit. I mean, big game from Dalton Connect. Uh, but I think another highlight, another focal point. Um, it was a performance from Jonas Adu. Uh, he is. He's still working to gain some consistency, night in, night out, being that performer. But he's putting more and more of these games together. Uh, Florida, they they're not. Um, they're not a bad team. In in the front, in the uh, I always get them confused in the uh, front court, but they, so it was, it was a night you needed Jonas Adu and, and he performed and he, it took, it took for Don connect to get those 39 points. He scored too early on. I don't, when did he start really racking them up? Cause it wasn't like he just, it was the last the seven, he scored once with 17 minutes and scored the rest of in the last seven minutes of the first half. I was about to say it, it took him a while to get going. Yeah. Yeah. It took him a while to get going. And, and who was the guy that, that did it? that kept Tennessee ahead until Dalton Connect came around, it was Jonas Adu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a threat. And he he's he's not just like getting offensive. He is getting offensive rebounds. He had five of them the other night. But it's not just like cleaning up the glass. I mean, he's stepping out, um, shooting those mid-range jumpers. He's uh, he's, he's trying some from three, too. Yeah. We've seen him hit some. Trying his luck, yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing it like all kinds of ways. Um, he's taking people off the bounce. He's – um, back to the basket, do, does some post moves, get, gets to it. Um, he's just doing it a lot of different ways, and he's so long and athletic that I think people just don't know really how to guard him. Like, yeah, I think he's, a, I think he's him, a tough matchup. He's just going to run by you or step out and shoot those mid-range, and if you put a smaller person on on him, then he's just going to bully him because he's taller than him. Yeah, his his ability to put the ball on the floor this year and make, and make those moves, whether it be uh, – facing a guy straight up or back to the basket. Uh, him being able to put the ball on the ground and, and get moving has been a huge asset to Tennessee. And, and I hope he builds some consistency doing that because um, I going back to the Mississippi State game that Tennessee lost, I, I, I Jonas Adu was even part of this Jonas Adu, that's a very different game. They, they gave you a lot of trouble, um, those forwards from Mississippi State. I really wish we had this Jonas Adu. And that's why I say he still needs to build some consistency. There's still some nights where he's lacking. Um, but I like that he seems to be getting more comfortable. I don't think he lacks confidence. And, and so I think 
Dalton connects is obviously the most important piece to this team. Uh, right now, it's it's Zakai and and Adu behind him. Yeah. And going into the season, I did not I did not think that would be the case. I thought Adu would probably no. be the fifth. In yeah. The starting rotation. And and I knew he would you would need him because he's your he's your five. You need him to be big on the boards, be a rim protector. Uh, but the fact that we're talking about we're, we're going to need Jonas Adu to score double digit points every night, a little scary because he. This will be the first year you've ever needed that from him, but I, he's building on it, and, and I like where he's at. Yeah, and he only played twenty one minutes the other night and had nineteen points. Um, and that, had a, another double double, and uh, yeah, I mean if he's playing thirty minutes, I mean he might he might have thirty two. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you'll need Tobey Awaka to, to be more impactful in the score sheet, but you also have a guy who that's what um, he did. No, yeah, and Tobey Awaka is going to impact the game always as, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. But uh, because you're going to have to spell Adu, he's going to need to be impactful in the score sheet. Uh, good news is is JP Estrella came in and was impactful in the score sheet, and and that's huge. Not that it was a massive game from him, but he was impacting the score sheet where Tobey Awaka didn't. Yeah, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look like a guy who hasn't played in the past like three or four games. Um, right. Jemai looked good as well. Um, Zakai, not a whole lot going on shooting-wise. It was 100% from, from the field and um, racked up some assists. Had a couple of turnovers, but, you know, I, I'm not really worried about a guy who dribbles the majority of the time having a few turnovers <laughs> here and there. Right. So, um, bloody nose? Nope, just a lot of mucus, baby. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, you're going to need Santi and Josiah to kind of figure things out, hit some shots. They're just not doing it. And I don't know if it's just they're just kind of staying out of the way at Dalton Connect. I, I don't know. I, I just want to see them be more aggressive. And if that takes Dalton Connect from sh- scoring 39 to – 25, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think I think you definitely need them both uh to be more aggressive. I, I think I think it's a while I don't disagree entirely with what you're saying, I think the nature of just a guy scoring 39 points is gonna take away from them some, but it's the minutes he's not on the floor. And I mean, maybe that's something we need to pay more attention to. Who's Who's the go-to guy? Who's being the aggressive guy when it's not connect? Early on when it wasn't connect, it was Adu. And so I think when you've got a guy scoring 39, another a guy, another guy scoring 19, it's the nature of the beast. And I've been as hard on on uh, Josiah and Vescovi as anybody. And I guess I just need to take a step back and look because when you look at when you look at that, there's really not many points out there left. That's true. Yeah. But it all, we also get into their their Vescovi's one one for five from field goal range on a and, guy that you want and, to be a shooter. You don't he only shot you want, one three. Yeah, you want his five shots to be really. If he's going to take five, you want him to be really good selections, and you want him to to make more than one. And that's another thing is he shoots a crazy layup late in the second half. That what are you doing? Yeah. And I don't know if it was because it's late in the game and doesn't matter. I don't know, but. Rick Barnes had the same thoughts I did on that one, so I, I felt okay about that. Yeah, and, and Josiah, like, I'm being kind of critical here, but with Don Connect shooting the way he is, Zakai shooting well, you don't need him just standing behind the three-point line the entire time. He shouldn't – his field goal makes and misses shouldn't be the same as his three-point. 
makes it right. right. Um, and that's how it was the other night. And I just, I just think you, he's so much better than that. He has shown this season he's much better than that. He can hit the mid range. He can get to the rim. I just don't know why we're not seeing it. Um, now I will say this: Tennessee moving the basketball the other night was fantastic. I mean, I yep. don't think you'd ask for better ball movement at times. But I just think Josiah Jordan-James, fifth-year guy, I want him to be more aggressive because I don't think you're going to get 39 points from Don Connect every night. That's just not realistic. Yeah, and I think another uh, – if we want to kind of flash forward to Alabama, I think you will you, – you'll need a big game from either Josiah or Vescovi. Not that I don't think – Don Connect will get his. I just don't know if he'll get his 39. Uh, He is going up against a really good player that they'll probably be matched up fairly often. I don't know how often because there is some differences in them, but uh, Mark Sears is going to create a problem for Tennessee. And I I don't know who Alabama's best defensive player is. I don't know who they're going to look to go to Dalton Connect. Um, Size differences there with Mark Sears, so I don't don't know if it'll be him. but he's averaging a couple of steals per game. He's he can play defense, and um, yeah. So I, I don't know what that'll look like. But regardless, down the stretch, whether it's this game or the next or the next or the next, teams are going to key in more on Dalton Connect. Not that Florida didn't; he was just still able to get his. Um, there's going to be games where he just doesn't, and that's where we got to look for Josiah and Vescovi. To have a game, one of them. This is, I think, I think Saturday. It's a mark. I think uh, Alabama's typically a well-coached basketball team under uh, Nate Oates, um, and this will be a game where you'll need one of them. Um, no matter what kind of prick he is, he, he can't coach basketball. I don't yeah. like. I like Buzz Williams as a basketball coach. I just wish he'd get off the floor. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, also, if Nate Oates decides to. Push one of Tennessee's players, there might be an all-out brawl. I think this team's a little bit more calm than last year's team, but I still – I'm talking about fans. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, about, they will they will annihilate NATOs. I don't disagree, but I, I also think this team maybe doesn't have the same fire as last year's team, but I think some of that fire exists, so maybe don't do that. I think if it's Zakai, Zakai is swinging immediately. Oh, and Viscovi. Viscovi is a scrapper. Yeah. I don't know what his trigger is exactly, but the dude scraps. I It wasn't talked about enough, but after we got beat by Vanderbilt last year and they stormed the court, uh, Muscovy did go after a Vanderbilt fan. Like the, This poor pre-med student just got <laughs> obliterated by a 6-1 Uruguayan. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, don't do that, Nate Oates. And my favorite part, so I knew we'd get to that. I didn't want to talk about it when we are talking about Bama. Um. The funniest thing about that scrap, because everyone's like, he's in the huddle. He's in the huddle. He was in the huddle. There was a referee right there to break it up. Also, take care of your team because they're not innocent bystanders in this. I've had my fair share of yelling at opposing coaches as a coach who have felt like they needed to talk to my players. Now I coach much younger players, and so I let them know that they're an adult. They need to act like an adult. But I think it still stands here when you're talking about a 45-year-old guy and an 18-, 19-year-old that, hey, take care of your – you act like an adult, okay? Act like you don't want to be immature. 
rather than shoving someone. It's also just being emotionally uh, intelligent and knowing that me shoving this person is only going to set them off. Not, oh, I was trying to calm down the situation. Probably shouldn't put your hands on someone then. Yeah, wrong place, wrong time. Because, yeah, for sure. Even if you tell them, hey, get back to your huddle. That's another thing. Probably shouldn't do that anyways. Not a good idea. Not going to respond well to that. But don't. You still probably shouldn't talk to them, but I feel way differently if you just tell them, get back to the huddle, get back to your huddle. Still feel differently. Isn't the same thing. Uh, I'll give Wes Rucker his due here. He did have a tweet that said, I wish Nate Oates had done that to Erosh Plavsic. While I wish that, I think Erosh Plavsic might be in jail. So, yeah, yeah, it would have been awesome. It would have been funny. Um, But, yeah, that could have been bad. Yeah, I, I'd hate to see what Urosh would have done because, like, <laughs> he's one that like he was in the game for. He's a bash brother. Yeah, I mean, you weren't going to get hardly anything from him in the stat sheet except for fouls, um, but he was going to earn them. Yeah. Um, he also here's the thing: if Urosh was on that Missouri bench, he would have been at Nate Oates before he got done shoving that guy. He had a keen eye on. Yeah, he would have chased Nate coming. Oates all the way through the tunnel. Like I think that Kentucky coach that what did he do to Zakai? You like bump up Hello. to him or something? Yeah, and I think they had to grab Urosh. Oh yeah. I mean, he was just like he was kind of like rowing everybody like behind yeah. him. He was just like swimming through the crowd to get to this guy. How is oh. that a problem? How do we have a problem? I mean, Woody Woody Hayes, now he did choke slam a Clemson player, but how many years ago have we seen that? And everyone in the universe agrees Woody Hayes is a moron for that. And we still have coaches touching players. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm a player on that team, I'm shoving them out of my huddle before my coach can. That too. But, but also again, the referee right there. It's one of those where if I'm Nate Oates, I'm pissed at my players for not calming down. Guys, it's under control. Yeah, you don't need to pride for yeah. How does he not what? get anything? I, I I don't know how neither of them got teed up, honestly, but yeah. especially Nate Oates. Yeah, yeah. Also, that smirky. I had mean, when he it would have been a foul. Oh, that smirk. Oh, that that made me want to punch him. It would have been a foul, like in play. So how is that not <laughs> some point. some sort of? It's <laughs> a great foul. That, I don't I don't understand. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Nate Oates is a... If you wear a Brooks Brothers jacket on the sideline, you have the ability to shut people with no retribution. Oh, I'm sorry. He did get reprimanded. That's another, my favorite part is, so obviously different scenario, but if I'm a teenager, do something dumb, and I know, I'm like, I'm about to go home. My dad is going to lot into me. I'm going to be grounded. I'm going to have to do whatever chore I hate doing, blah, blah, blah. I know it. And if I came home and all my dad did was lied into me, I walked away from that being like, I won that. I won. Whatever dumb thing I did was worth it because all he did was just chew me out. I can take a chew. Like, I can take that. Yeah. So, Nate Oates, is, he gets a call from Greg Sankey going, you're reprimanded, buddy. He hung up the phone and just smirked again and was like, we won. Yeah. Sankey just slapped the shit out of his wrist and moved on. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the SEC even felt it was a – right to say we publicly reprimanded him is hilarious yeah that should be the that should be if if he did something to be reprimanded he should be punished in some sort of capacity 
it's also funny that you just have video clear video evidence that for no reason at all he shoved an opposing player and he gets nothing tony vitello bumped a official he didn't put his hands on him he just bumped him and he got suspended was, for what five games three games kinda, something was like it that? Five, i think three that was kind of awesome oh yeah it and what it was uh what's his name yeah well what is that he looked like ben stiller from happy gilmore with that mustache yeah, uh, what's his Which name? I will say, I always thought there wasn't a chance to look good with that mustache. I thought every you just had that and you look bad. That's why I thought that dude was so ugly. But then I sh- I had that mustache, that Fu Manchu, after Jordan Beck hit that grand slam. I think I look good with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Should I go back to a Fu Manchu? Jeffrey was his first name. Jeffrey, yes. I just like that you can say his last – Jeffrey, what was his last name? You can Macy's. say it around – Macius, you can say it around any Tennessee baseball player, staff member, any of them, and they all just kind of smirk. Yeah. Like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's such a piece of garbage. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, it should be a good game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I kind of uh, went away from that. But yeah, you have an Alabama team who's – I think playing. Rylan Griffin would be the one who – tries to defend Dalton Connect. Um, oh, I think it'll be a team effort. I don't think they're going – Oh, Yeah. That, I don't that's think this will probably start on him, but yeah, that's. I, I think there'll be a uh, healthy mix of Alabama guards. Um, I don't disagree with you looking at size wise. Um, yeah, yeah, Mark Sears and Zakai, that's going to be a battle. Yeah, and I think I think that's another reason Mark Sears goes to Dalton Connect at some point. I think they're going to have to give him a physical break from the running. Yeah, he's going to have to follow Zakai. Yeah. I think this is a good matchup for Tennessee because Alabama has always been live by the three, die by the three. And Tennessee has been able to keep teams from shooting the three at will. Um, mm-hmm. Now they go in spurts where teams just can't <clears throat> seem to miss, like North Carolina. Florida did it a couple times. Um, but I think teams get so exhausted, you know, following the ball around, following Zakai around trying to defend or, or think of how to defend Dalton Connect, they're just physically exhausted by the time, like midway through the second half, and they're done. Yeah. Um, another thing I, I think Tennessee needs to try to get, so Ryland Griffin's going to be probably the guy that guards him most of the game. Um, I think they need to try to get Mark Sears to Dalton Connect. I know he doesn't get a lot of foul calls for him, but I think that's the – best way to get Mark Sears in foul trouble, a guy who averages almost 20 points a game, is put a big guy that's tough to handle on him and try to get him in foul trouble. Yeah. Which Tennessee's – I don't know why. They're really bad at attacking guys. I don't have faith that they can get Mark Sears in foul trouble, a guy that doesn't foul very often, because guys that do foul very often, Tennessee can't just go at them for whatever reason. They can't say, we're going to make you foul us. We're going to make the re- – and maybe, maybe part of the problem – is Tennessee starts off so physical that the refs have to hesitate with the whistle a little bit. And that's okay because I think Tennessee needs that to be effective defensively. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But I really want to see Tennessee get a prominent player in foul trouble and then go at him, challenge mm-hmm. him, make, make Mark Sears play at the basket with Dalton Connect at some point in the game. Because he's he's gonna he's gonna have to foul him at some point if he is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's – I think it's been a weird thing with this team over the past couple of years. They haven't had the go-to guy to just go at somebody, and no, they, they finally don't. do. Yeah. They finally do. They have the guy that, like, 
hey, let's try to get you to 40 points. Right. And they're just feeding in the, the basketball. Like they haven't had that in years um, since Grant. Um, so, yeah, they, they finally have a, a score where they able, they're able to just feed him the basketball. Hey, go get to the free throw line. Go get to the rim. And he can do it. Yeah. I, I, glad, I'm glad they finally do. I think having a guy from the Jemais, is, is for Tennessee. Th- this is a big game for Jemai, too, because I'm sure he'll probably defend Mark's. He'll be uh, at. He'll probably through. play more minutes, and he's. I don't know what he's averaging right now. Probably around fifteen, yeah. maybe just under twenty minutes a game. I think he'll play well into twenty this game because of what they'll need defensively. Yeah. He and could be yeah. averaging more just because Zakaya wasn't full time beginning, but since Zakaya's been back, there's no way he's averaging over twenty minutes. Right? He's averaging over eighteen right now. So yeah. I, I think he'll play over eighteen on Saturday. And Alabama again. They're a shooting team. They, they kind of like doing what Tennessee does, play four four guards out um, and, and have a five in there. It's usually Grant Nelson, who, who's their five, who's kind of around the same size and weight as uh, Adu. So should be a big game for him too. The The lane's not going to be very congested. Um, he should be able to, to hold his own in there and, and be able to continue this kind of tear he's on. Absolutely. Um, also, just just go whoop the shit out of Alabama. God, please, please. It was so much fun beating their best team um, in Thompson Bowl last, last year. Yeah. I think, I think this crowd. You should have some more people there. Hopefully, some more roads are going. Listen, Knox County government, Knox City government. It is raining now. What I need you to focus on right now, tomorrow morning through Saturday morning, I need every single road cleared. In, in the greater Knoxville area, I don't care about work. I don't care about school. I need people in Thompson Bowling Arena on Saturday. University yeah, we're, of Tennessee, we're not here to play school. University of Tennessee, get some salt trucks out on the road. I need people there. T Dot, where are you at? Get my boy West Randy on the line. He's going back. <laughs> I, I'm serious, guys. I need every I need every road cleared. I need everybody that can be in, in Thompson and Thompson. This is a big one for a lot of reasons. I really, I mean, I, if you can, if you can notch this win going into Vanderbilt, feel really good. Go get, go get Dalton Connect another 30 piece. Yeah. You, you need to start making up for that Mississippi State loss is the way to do that with beating a team that's 4 and 0 in conference play right now. Absolutely. Um, you do have to play this Alabama team again, too, on the road. So, I believe that's a weeknight game. We know how weeknight road games are weird. Avoid getting swept by winning this one at home on Saturday. And Alabama hasn't beat a good team yet. Yeah, and, I, you know, looking at the Tennessee schedule, Tennessee's schedule is fairly favorable, except for maybe a three-game stretch towards the end, just because you're not you're not being asked to play a bunch of good teams in a row. Much, like, really at all. The – this is probably one of your tougher sh- two stretches was Florida, Alabama. You just embarrassed, pants down to Florida team. Yeah. That's decent. Um, you play Kentucky sandwich between South Carolina and LSU. You play AM, but then you go Arkansas, Vanderbilt again. You get Missouri, AM at home. Then you go AM, Auburn, Alabama. That's a tough stretch. But then you get South Carolina, Kentucky. Like that's, I feel like Tennessee's SEC schedule is fairly favorable. This one becomes. Really, really important, I think, just because you turn around and play them on the road on a weeknight. 
Yeah. Uh, not saying you will not saying you will lose that game, but we know how to you just lost a weeknight road game to a, a lesser team. Yeah. Yeah, their their defense is really, you know, I know they played good against Missouri. They played good against uh Vanderbilt, South Carolina, but or they barely beat Vanderbilt. They played really good against South Carolina. Um, but lost to Ohio, Ohio State, lost to Clemson. They got beat by Purdue, lost to Creighton, lost to Arizona. I mean, every like big game that they've played, they've lost. Um, mm-hmm. So let's keep that let's keep that trend going, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're also looking forward to Auburn coming to town on Wednesday night. And maybe I'm just too closely. I've got some friends that are Auburn fans. Why are they so excited about that Vanderbilt win? Are know. they? Am I just too close, too close to it to am I judging too harshly? I mean, Vanderbilt's horrible. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, I, I think they're excited because they have a really good team. Um that's fair. But other than I mean, you can't brag about beating that Vanderbilt team and that Vanderbilt team's horrible. No, they're atrocious. And uh but props to them because they're in my parlay, so I appreciate it. There you go. There you go. It did look like mostly Auburn fans in the uh, the gymnasium too. Yeah. Right? Aren't they the auditorium? Auditorium. Yeah. At what point does a gymnasium grow? Thompson Bowling Arena. I don't think you could classify as a gymnasium, but isn't a gym where like basketball and volleyball are played? So technically speaking, is it a gymnasium, or do you graduate from a gymnasium to a arena at some point? How's that? I work? think a gymnasium has four walls like multi-use so but multi-use. thompson bowling arena is multi-use oh that's true i forgot volleyball plays there let's let just since we're we are a tangent show i don't feel like we've had a really good there's probably not tangent. class do you have to like be able to have class classes <clears throat> in there for it to be a gymnasium gymnasium the Oxford definition, a room or building equipped for gymnastics, games, and other physical exercise. I think Thompson Bowling Arena is a gymnasium. Okay. So let, let's do this. So I guess that's what I'm asking. Can an arena also be a gymnasium, or is it exclusively an arena? Yeah, I think they can probably be the same. Now, auditorium is totally different. <clears throat> okay. And that's what Vanderbilt is, right? I believe, aren't they? Isn't it the auditorium? Joe, will you yeah. look up the name of their arena real quick? Or auditorium, excuse me. I think it's Memorial Auditorium. A gymnasium, gym for short, is normally located inside a school and used for basketball and PE classes. So I guess maybe it has to be. I don't know. I don't know if it can be one of the same. I don't know if they're synonyms or not. We should just start calling the smallest gymnasiums. It is arenas. Memori- historic Memorial Gymnasium. Ah, oh, it's a gymnasium. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It should be an auditorium. They have a stage. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought that was the whole thing. I thought it was like unique and that gymnasium and unique. Every high school in the country has a gymnasium. That's that's ridiculous, in my opinion. Honestly, I think auditorium would be a lot cooler. Why is, have why you seen? Do I can't people just like played. get bored? Like, understand? Like, you're trying to. Who are we? Who is the memorial for? Um, is there, is is there a guy with the last name Gymnasium? I won't name the school. You could probably guess just because I, I know this so closely. 
this this school in the Knox County School District built a sidewalk because it was a bad road crossing where a student got hit by a car. So they built a sidewalk and they named the sidewalk. For example, the student's name was Caleb Mitchell. They named it Caleb Mitchell Memorial Sidewalk. I'm not excellent at memorials, but I think that would imply someone died. The student did not die in this scenario. Caleb Mitchell did not die, but they named it Memorial Sidewalk. Oh, they didn't die. No, they did not die. And I don't think you can use the term memorial. I think you can only memorialize someone if they've died. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me get everyone else's takes on that. Can you can you memorialize something, someone, if they're still alive? Um, just imagine like everybody's like, yeah, we're having a ceremony to, you know, rename the sidewalk. Brother, I was shocked and, when and then, they named it that, and I was like. Did they die? The person standing right there. It's like, what? I was so confused. <laughs> name it after them. Cool. Name it Caleb yeah. Mitchell Sidewalk, whatever. But I was, when they said that, I had to go back and look. I thought, I asked, did this student die? <laughs> I missed that if they did. They did not. <laughs> they they did not. Um, Real quick. So we're talking <laughs> about auditoriums. I think auditorium is a, a cool place to have a basketball game if it works. I don't know if you know this. Radio City Music Hall. Um, famous new york venue it's an auditorium um i think it's where the what are the christmas people that uh, they do the kicks those people i think that's where they perform um you know what i'm talking about the nutcracker is it the nutcracker maybe i don't know i feel like the nutcracker's on ice i could be wrong uh anyways you know what i'm talking about i believe they perform there during christmas time um they held a uh was a WNBA exhibition game at Radio City Music Hall. So it was just the fans sitting out away, and then the basketball court was on the stage. It's If you haven't seen pictures of it, it looks really cool. I thought they played just more than that, so they may have done more than that game. Yeah, it looks like they played – it looks like there was a men's game there at some point. Um, there's another – like we, we've seen in the NCAA tournament, there's another – there's somewhere where they play where it's basically on a stage as well, and I can't well, remember where it's at. Joe, if I send you this, because I'm on my, I looked it up on my Mac. I don't really, it's a lot to use this laptop. It's confusing. I'm sorry. If I send this to you, Joe, can you upload it and just show a picture of it? This is a men's game at Radio City Music Hall. It's a very, very cool picture because it's a, it's a gorgeous venue. It's a world famous venue in, um, in New York and it's, it's pretty sweet, but I don't know if Joe's, oh, is, is Joe not available? Okay. Um, well. I'll figure this out. Um, yeah, big game on on Saturday doing an orange out. I think that's oh yes, cool. I wish I could, I wish I was going so I could wear my. You know what I'd be wearing? Oh yeah, I know. And I've got the Jordan. I got it. Someone give me a ticket. I've got orange Jordans to wear. Jordan ones. Sick. They look awesome. Yeah, it should be fun. I love the the fact that uh, Tennessee tweeted out. Um, like a seating chart and just did <laughs> that is orange. I love that. Yeah. I will argue. I think every Tennessee game should be an orange out. That's just me. I'm guilty of wearing white pretty often though. So I can't get mad at people who wear white to games. Yeah. I just have some white stuff that looks good. What do you want me to do about it? I think I wear white more to like 
I guess baseball games. Probably for me, it, it's when I wear polos because a lot of my polos are white, just because I can wear it with more stuff. I guess mm-hmm. is the way to. Yeah, orange out should be a lot of fun. Should be rocking. Um, I had something else. Oh, Lance hurt transfer portal. Oh, um, got a crystal ball today for Tennessee, and you know everybody's kind of thinking it's it's done. Just got to kind of make the official announcement. Um, we'll see, but it, it seems like Tennessee is is being predicted to to land Lance Hurd. So you know, losing Gerald Mincy, I think that you're okay with that. You keep Dane Davis, who is there for depth. Um, he announced he's staying today. And then you land Lance Hurd, who is a former five-star, played a lot for LSU this past season, and uh, has three years of eligibility left um, at that tackle spot. So a place where you, you want to land you know, a high-profile guy, and if you're able to do that with multi-years of eligibility, you know, it's you hit the lottery on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I get yeah. So when can he? When's the transfer portal reopen? See, I don't see. I don't know that stuff. I think. I think you have to enroll by Monday. Okay. For this to be like a uh, what's that first semester, whatever. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Um, well, we can. Yeah, hopefully uh, we get some good news here in the next couple of days with Lance Hurd because uh, that would be a big, pun intended, land for Tennessee. Well, I mean, if we want to get Joey on something, I think a, a way to check that would be to go to the student portal. And uh, if he's on there, we at least know there's a really good chance he's coming because he'd probably already be in like listed as a student then if he was coming. That doesn't mean he is coming, but if he was. Okay. So, Joe, if you're available, look at that? we can. I'm just saying, I I don't. I okay. just googled it real quick to like get to it, and I just couldn't find it that quick. So type in how he's staring at this. Yeah, yeah. Type type in his name or just yeah. Uh, he may if he has a different first name, it may just be the last name. You may have to go by last name, but I don't know. Um, real quick, here's this. These pictures are blurry as crap because I just had to download them real quick. But there's a. You Google it yourself, but there's a good idea of what it looked like at Radio City Music Hall. Okay. Yeah, that's where cool. they do the college ball awards sometimes. I don't know if they do them every year. There's a picture from the uh, the stage looking backwards. Like, that's a cool venue for basketball. Sure, not every yeah, game. Sure. You don't yeah. want to do that all the time, but like a one-off, kind of like Battle of Bristol. Cool stuff. Um, all right, where are we at now? I don't, um, I don't think we, he's in here. That's fine. Um, we don't have to do it right now. Um, see him in there. Um, I do have a good friend to tell you about real quick. Um, Roback, go check out Roback.com. 20% off your first purchase. Uh, Q-zips, polos, hoodies, joggers, pants, shorts. Um, just great quality wear. They also have some women's wear for you ladies out there who, uh, want to get on this Roback train. Um, go get it right now. 20% off your first purchase. Promo code more important issues. Go do it right now, actually. We're going to wait until every last one of you all have bought something from Roback before we continue. So, (laughs) 
All right, some uh, questions just real quick. We'll kind of fly through these real – just name one former or current ball that you'd pick to be on your uh, team in a snowball fight. Joe Milton, what? Say what you want about him as a quarterback. I'm throwing snowballs. That dude's going to look like Buddy the Elf out there. A lot of people, a lot of people said that, and I don't know. I don't know if you get better than that. I think I, I think I got one. Okay, it's Drew Beam. He played quarterback in high school. Okay. He's right. he's accurate. I wasn't, a lot thinking, of strikes. I wasn't thinking baseball, but if we're thinking baseball, Drew Beam's fair. But you have to go with the volunteer fireman as well. Like that has to be in consideration. I think accuracy matters. I don't disagree, but. Just assuming that we have 10 inches of snow like this, you can pack it well, you can make them fast. I feel like he's going to have a lot of chances. I mean, it's going to murder somebody. Right. <laughs> ben Dewis is not allowed to be in a snowball fight. I also don't think he necessarily has illegal. to hit someone. I think they, if you if you feel one buzz by you, you turn, you run. Oh, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going baseball, I, I think both of those are good choices, but I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, you could have Drew Beam. If we're going draft, and and I'll take Ben Joyce. Okay. Oh, he is um, a he is a big body though. That's got to be something you consider. Yeah, I was thinking Joe Joe Milton is going to be like an easy target for people. Yeah, it probably. I'm gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take sure the being pretty tall too. I'm gonna take the gritty guy. I'm going Xander Seacrest on my team. Okay. Do you see that touchdown in the snow he had? You can't buy that kind of grit. That's true. Blake Burke looked good too. <laughs> Blake Blake Burke's an athlete for sure. And then I love that Blake. I feel like Burke his talent's being wasted on first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just threw a touchdown to somebody wide open, and then Drew Beam threw an absolute dot. Uh, he did, but it, we got borderline arena football rules. He almost threw him into the outfield wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> if that, that was on the if that was in right field, I mean, that person's tumbling over into the bullpen. There's no way they asked Tony Martello <laughs> for uh, permission to do that. You don't think so? You don't think? No, they just asked for forgiveness after. There's, okay. there's no way. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did hit the send button on the "He let the boys play" tweet. I think that was a soft point from Tony Botelli. He remembered his days growing up in St. Louis in the snow, and uh, he said, "You got to play football in this stuff. Like, you, you can't not." Yeah. He's like, I think he did hurt. it, Landon. I don't think you're giving him enough credit. I think he did. And there, there was part of me that like kind of old man in me is like, I love it. But also, like, please do not get hurt. I think I think that was probably a selling point for Vitello is he probably rolled the ball out there and just reminded them that if you get hurt, this will never return. Yeah. If you get hurt, Rolls. I'll kill you. Yeah, you will be <laughs> murdered at home plate sacrificially in front of the first home crowd. Yeah. Um, other question. Three best players you've seen for Tennessee basketball in person. Oh, all right, uh, Chris Lofton. Yeah. Probably Dalton Connect. I mean, probably too early to tell, but I also don't think it's unfair. Grant Williams. Have you, have up you there. been to him this year? Oh, yeah, I went. I mean, I saw him play against Tech. He wasn't. He didn't oh yeah, a whole lot. Right, but right. um, Grant Williams is probably up there. I think that was going to be my three. Was Grant Dalton connecting Chris Lofton? I'm trying to remember if I ever saw it. It's like a just stellar, someone like Juwan Smith performance. Someone that was really good, maybe Flulil. 
you don't necessarily remember him. But I just I wish I could. I mean, I, I definitely saw him play. I'm just trying to think about a stellar performance from someone like him. Um, John Fulgerson. Yeah, he's up there. <laughs> hmm. I mean, those are easy three, but those are also super recent. I'm trying to think early years. If there was anybody? C.J. Watson. Yeah, um, he was up there on some people's list. Um, some people said Wayne Chisholm. Wayne Chisholm's probably up there. I was I was getting getting into him, dude. The those those teams just they were just dogs. Major Wingate, Duke Cruz, Tyler dogs. Smith, Tyler Smith, Jawan Smith. Uh, I mean, some of the performances that Jarnell Stokes put up, Tobias Harris put up. I mean, watching Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was a guy that you knew wasn't going to stay past his first year, but you thought with Conzo there was maybe a chance, or uh, with um, Bruce there was a chance he stays. God, um, I was thinking about it. I mean, Dalton Connects had 103 points in the last three games. I think there was a three-game span. There probably has to be where Conzo Martin didn't score 103 <laughs> points. <laughs> probably not. Team. Probably not. Um yeah, I mean, some of those dudes are really good. Um, I definitely some recency bias in, on my list. Jordan McRae was up there probably. Um, McRae, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Admiral, I guess you got to put in that conversation too. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit. I thought that was an interesting kind of question out there. Um, don't really have a lot else. Um, appreciate you. Guys listening, I guess we got stupidity real quick. Mine is going to be the NCAA. They granted, and I don't care what you say, like I understand like things happen, life happens. They granted a guy his ninth year of eligibility. Ninth? Oh, uh, Miami tie-in? Yeah. I did ninth year of eligibility. I mean, he was in the same – Recruiting class as Jalen Hurts, Nick Bosa, all those guys. 2016. That's insane. He's been in college longer than – I mean, we went through three head coaches by then. <laughs> that, it, that is – I mean, that is – that's wild. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. I want to – Make it to the NFL. Buddy, as soon as you get to the NFL, it's going to be time for you to retire. Yeah, which, I mean, hey, good for him, you know. I mean, there's already guys. I mean, that Jalen Hurts, is he even in his prom anymore? I think people are asking. It's just crazy. (laughs) That is nine. He's 25 years old. Has he had just four injuries in COVID or something? What happened? Yeah, he, he broke his leg, and I think that, and then COVID. And then there was another injury. Yeah, I mean, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. But, my God. At some point, yeah, he's that's, like, that's Miami insane. must be just paying. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm making money. I guess my – I mean, hey, if you can go to school in Miami for nine years, who's not going to do that? Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to go see the the guy who's got a full 401K and NIL money. <laughs> I think it's Mark Nagy that says stay in college forever, and uh, he that guy listened to Mark Nagy. Yeah, yeah, he's enjoying it. He must. Um, 
I, I we've already talked about mine too. It was it was Gerald Mincy tweeting the date, and then it was it was Alabama fans just being torn up, getting receipts pulled. Um, both of them just really just uh, stay off Twitter. The internet lives forever, kind of deals. Yeah, bad stuff all around. Um, mine is I got one more. It's a uh, Rodney Terry, the Texas basketball coach, just yelling at UCF players because they do horns down. Guys, Texas is going to be an all-out in shambles when they get to the SEC and just have to deal with these kind of fan bases. Oh, my gosh. It's so just – I mean, just soft. Yeah, it's bad. That's classless. Dude, It goes back into – It goes back into not talking to other players. If you think – if you're upset about anything that's classless – Go complain about it later. Quit talking to opposing teams' players. My God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Also, yeah, you, don't, you don't want them to say it. Beat them. Also, your players aren't allowed to do the, the horns up then. They can't do the horns if you yeah. don't want people to do horns down. Sorry. That's classless. That's such – what a baby. God, nothing hits more than the <laughs> – Yeah. Also, I had to look up at Roddy Terry was because – Shaka Smart or Chris Beard isn't at Texas anymore. Chris Beard didn't want to be. Well, maybe not want to be. He probably doesn't want to do what Chris Beard did. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he yells at Chris Beard, too, for being classless. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I, nah, choking your wife. Nah, we'll let it live. But horns down. Fireball offense. <laughs> yeah, don't you dare. All right. Big show. I got. Yeah. Love to see it. We'll be back uh, Sunday for sure. Saturday, maybe. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, also, go check out. We have a hat giveaway. Um, mm, we do. A little icy hat. So, uh, go check that out. And uh, we'll be giving out two. So, go retweet that. Make sure you're following University of Traditions. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. We're going to try to get some more YouTube content out there. Just kind of build that <coughs> up a little bit. So, please subscribe if you will. And uh, thank you guys. Have a good rest of your week. We're bringing the boat in. And we out.